Hello there. This is CSW, creator of Incarnation Red. If you enjoy Incarnation Red and want to help keep it going, support the show on Patreon via the link listed in the episode notes down below. In return, you'll receive a variety of perks ranging from a monthly Q&A slash horror gaming livestream to a chance of having a mini-episode made based off of you and your fears released on the main RSS feed for everyone to hear. Additionally, all patrons receive access to an exclusive patron-only Discord server where you can chat with fans and myself, watch live streams of pre-release episode editing, and join in on regular horror movie nights. I rely on your support to keep the show going, so any amount, no matter how small, will help me bring you more scary stories more often. Link is in the episode notes down below. Additionally, if you are a fan of audio drama podcasts in general and want early access releases plus bonus content from Incarnation Red, absolutely sign up for Apollo Plus, a creator-owned platform where every subscriber helps audio fiction creators for just $10 a month. You can think of Apollo Plus almost as the Netflix of audio dramas, offering exclusive content, ad-free and early access releases, behind-the-scenes content, supercuts, and a whole, whole lot more, all by supporting the creators you already know and love. With Apollo Plus, 70% of the revenue goes directly to us creators and provides all of us, both creator and listener, with a place to enjoy the shows we love, such as Afflicted, 13, and of course Incarnation Red, and a whole, whole lot more. And of course, Hemophobia, my upcoming horror podcast, will be there too, so join Apollo Plus through the Apollo Podcasts app or by going to apollopods.com slash plus, that's P-L-U-S. Incarnation Red is a horror anthology podcast and thus contains material not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You don't want to go in there all by yourself, do you? Episode 11, Rigor. feel a pressure in my back. Something jutting into me just to the left of my spine. It's a strong enough pressure to wake me up and keep me there. I turn on my right side to look. It's my wife's hand. She's facing away from me, but her hand is bent backwards behind her. Fingers extended in a claw. Must have been what I felt. (sighs) 
I lay on my back. Fade back to sleep. It happens again the next night. Same thing around the same time. Same place in my back. Same hand poised out in a sharp, spear-like position. I stare at it. It's an odd pose. Her arm is tucked underneath her side, the hand bent a near 90 degree angle with its fingers sticking out behind her. She sometimes ends up in strange positions while sleeping, but this looks more uncomfortable than usual. Like it requires effort. I distance myself from her. Fall asleep. But the next night it's even stranger. When my eyes first blink open, I think there's someone else in the room, standing over me. As my eyes adjust, I see, jutting through the darkness, my wife's arm, pointed straight up toward the ceiling. And my eyes adjust even further, and I can see her fingers, pointed upward, in some configuration that, not unlike her hands posed the last couple nights, looks wrong, looks difficult or even painful. I sit up in bed, put my hand on her arm to pull it gently back down. It doesn't budge. I pull harder. It doesn't budge. I put both hands on it and press as hard as I can, but the thing simply will not go down, and after two minutes of attempts, I feel legitimately tired out by the effort. I reach out and open my mouth to wake her, but then stop. Today was a long day at work for her, and anyway, the arm isn't hurting anything, or anybody. I lay back in bed, assume that her arm will eventually find its own way back down. And I suppose it does, because the next morning I wake to find her back in her normal sleeping position, arms back down to gravity. When she wakes, we eat breakfast together, and I ask her, are you aware of what you were doing with your arm last night? My arm? What was it doing? For whatever reason, you felt the need to point it directly toward the ceiling for a decent chunk of time. Or I guess, sleep you did. Huh. That's weird. Any bad dreams or anything? No, I slept fine, like a log after yesterday. Any... <laughs> hand-raising dreams or something? <laughs> no, don't think so. Well then. She goes back to her breakfast, and I look around the apartment. It's decently spacious, a normal size for the rent we pay. It's a Saturday, and the weather outside is pretty nice, which is normal for this time of year. Everything is nice and normal. Until that night... That night, when my eyes flutter open and see a shape, I know exactly what it is. She's sitting up in bed, back straight, her body a perfect right angle. Her head is cocked slightly, and looks as if she's staring at something on the corner where wall meets ceiling, but her eyes are closed. And her arms... 
Her arms are posed in such a way that I can only describe as arbitrary. In an arrangement that looks so reasonless, and yet simultaneously so specific. She looks almost as if she's presenting something to the wall, or welcoming something from it. Again, I put my hands on her, try to ease her back down into bed, but not only does her arm not budge, it doesn't even feel like an arm. Even though it has the exact same shape and texture as my wife's arm, it doesn't feel like a human appendage. When pressed, it doesn't stay in place in the same way that a human limb would, resiliently pushing back against the force with its own muscular stubbornness. It's more like the way a statue might respond to force, or a rock formation rooted into the earth. It's not that it won't move, it's that it's immovable. I try a few more times, but my experience last night already taught me the futility of this, and I retire from it much earlier than last time. <sighs> I suppose they always say not to wake a sleepwalker, but I'm not sure what they would say about whatever this is. In any case, it doesn't seem my efforts will do much of anything to change the situation, but I can't bring myself to even attempt sleep right now. So I'm stuck. Without knowing what else to do, I stand up out of bed and tiptoe toward the door, careful to open it slowly and quietly. I head into the kitchen, quietly pour a glass of water, and stare out the living room window. It's so dark, and I can't see any stars. Once I've finished the glass of water, I head back into the bedroom. She's still upright in bed, arms out, but... Well, it almost looks like her arms have changed position a little bit. <laughs> I hear something move in the room, and my eyes search for it. My eyes search the darkness. I find nothing. When I look back to my wife, she's lying down in bed, covers up to her chin, sleeping soundly. Like none of it had ever even happened. And this impression is only furthered when I bring it up to her the next morning. I just don't see why you're so concerned about it. It's just my body doing weird things while I'm asleep. It's not an illness or something. I'm just saying, the fact that it's happened multiple nights in a row now can't be good. I mean, where is this coming from? Something has to be causing it, right? I don't know. Sleep does weird things to people. Maybe a chemical imbalance. Could be a lot of things. Doesn't mean it's anything to worry about. It's not like there's any danger involved. Who's to say that? If you'll do this kind of thing in your sleep, who's to say you won't... Won't what? Won't end up hurting yourself, or walking out onto the street or something. Well, it doesn't sound like I'm doing much moving around, based on what you tell me. Sounds like I'm just standing still, right? Relentlessly still. Well, if that's the case, then there's nothing to worry about. I'm not walking around anywhere, not gonna walk into the street or anything. Just leave me be. <sighs> I want to believe her. Very badly, I do. But she's... She's just so different in the daylight than at nighttime. She can wake in the morning, having witnessed none of it at all, despite being the sole perpetrator of it, 
and flippantly read the newspaper while telling me there's nothing to worry about. But at night, in her body-locked form, she's just the opposite. She's unambiguous, fixed, rigid. Every part of her screams the significance of her somnambulism, or rather, her extreme and unnatural lack thereof. She can say now that it's nothing, but at night, it's undeniably, inexorably, something. And I don't know what that something is. And I have a feeling I'll find out more tonight. And I do. I wake to a cold breeze. A cold that I can't ignore. I open my eyes. I sit up in bed. The bedroom door is open. It's letting a draft inside. And something is crouched in the corner of the room. I jolt backwards in bed, grab the sheets as if to keep myself grounded. But in doing so, I realize that the bed is empty. I look at my wife's side of the bed unoccupied, then back to the figure crouched in the corner. It's her. For a few minutes, I don't move. I just sit in bed, staring at her, half hoping she would come to me instead. But if there's one thing I know about her, or at least this version of her, is that she never, ever moves. So I stand up out of bed, begin pacing slowly and quietly toward her. As I approach, I can make out her attributes a little better, and I can see that her back is facing me. Her arms are wrapped around herself, fingers clenched into the bare skin of her back. She sits with crossed legs, and her head is buried in her arms, downcast. And the closer I get, the more I can hear that she is whispering something. Where am I? It's okay, honey. You're just in the bedroom here with me. Everything's okay. Oh. Well then, I... Guess I should go back to bed, huh? Yeah, let's get you back in bed, honey, okay? Okay. God, you look like you've had a shock. Did you have bad dreams or anything? Dreams? I, um... Dreams are... Dreams are like living, right? Dreams are like when you thought you were living, but you were something else. Uh, okay, let's let's get you into bed, sweetheart. Right. Okay. I pull the covers over her body, kiss her on the cheek. I start to go back around to my side of the bed, but before I get there, I feel the draft again. The cold breeze like a hand clenching the back of my neck. I turn around, go through the open bedroom door, the door we always close before bed. I head into the living room, 
I see the curtains blowing and billowing through the room. The window is open. And it's so dark. I can't see any stars. I walk across the living room, grab the window, shut it. I head back to the bedroom. Close the bedroom door. Walk over to my side of the bed. Lay down. Close my eyes. And when they next open, I'm dreaming. In this dream, I can't move. Every muscle is bound in place by some force. And I'm looking at the sky, or what I assume is the sky. It's so dark. I can't see any stars. I can't see anything. I can't move anything. But I can feel something on my arms, my wrists, the backs of my hands. And then I feel it on my back, my legs. Something soft, like, like bed sheets. And I feel something else. Something just in front of me, but it's not something I feel with my flesh, with my nerves. But I know it's there. I can feel that it is there. And that's when I realize that I'm not dreaming. I'm wide awake, in bed, and it's not the nice sky I'm looking at, it's my wife's face. Become statuesque with me. Her face is so close to mine that I can't see anything else, and the force, the force keeping me from moving is her grip, her hands on my wrists, her knees on my thighs, and all of her weight bearing down into my body, keeping me pinned, but it's more than that. It's as if, at her touch, my muscles have ceased up, locked, fixed in their position. And then, it's as if things go even darker, and her even closer, until I feel her lips touch mine, and I lose consciousness. She's not beside me. She must have gone to work. Or somewhere. Or something. Who knows the pattern behind anything she does anymore. 
I certainly don't. I stand out of bed. My joints are sore. Walking is... difficult. My steps are stiff, and my knees cry out in protest as I bend them, walking to the living room. I sit down, or try to, at least. What ends up happening is more of a fall than anything, and there, in simultaneity with the collapse of my body, I know what I must do. She's at work, but it's my day off. I maneuver my barely movable body to the bathroom, where I take five melatonin pills. Then I set an alarm and fall into the bed, wait for sleep to take me. As per the plan, I wake up at 4.30 p.m., just before she'll get home. And, having slept during the day, I'll be perfectly rested enough to stay up for the entire night, or at least until I see, for myself, what the hell happens in our bedroom at night that makes my wife turn stiff as a mannequin and act like I've never seen any other human being act before. I have to see it for myself. I have to be there to stop her when the rigor begins to take hold. She gets home, and, as I could have predicted, doesn't seem to remember a thing of last night. At least, she doesn't bring it up, because I certainly don't ask her. Not anymore. Not when she first gets home from work, not when we eat dinner and watch the television, not as we say our goodnights and she falls passively to sleep and I sit waiting and watching. I'm past the point of asking her about any of this. What would it yield, anyway? Some half-hearted answer in the affirmative or negative that would be equally untrustworthy either way. Words as reliable as her very humanity is. One minute here in full, the next minute replaced by some bizarre, limb-locked facsimile of life. And does she know it? Is she aware of what her body has become? The vehicle for some strange and incomprehensible purpose for which she becomes an inanimate, statuesque participant? And for what? Is it for the sole purpose of confusing and horrifying me, her loving husband who has done nothing but value and support her? Or is it something else? Is it some unspoken objective for humanity, accomplished only by one's surrender into doll-like adherence? I'm not sure which would be worse. I'm not sure of anything anymore. All I know is that I want my wife back. I want to be able to look at her and know that I am speaking to an actual human being, operating as a human being, and still holding the intimacy I have invested in her. I gave my heart to her. Not to this. My legs are crossed as I sit on the bed, staring at her. I feel my legs beginning to lose circulation, but I don't move. I just stare at her. She lays still, chest rising and falling gently. My eyes follow every rise and fall. And I don't dare move. My legs are locked in their cross configuration. Her face is in full repose, looking complacent, almost blissful, as she sleeps. My limbs are still sore, but I don't dare move them. I keep my hands on my knees. I keep my back straight. 
I keep my head tilted at the same steady angle. I don't move anything. I can't move anything. I can't. If I... If I move any of my limbs, I might look away. I might disturb whatever force is waiting to take her over and make it aware of my presence, and then what? I have to wait an entire additional day to carry out this process again. If I move my legs, I might make a sound rustling the bed sheets, and that sound might wake her before I can observe the change and protect her from it. stand immediately, my limbs completely dissolved their soreness, and stampede my way to the bedroom door. It doesn't take long to find her, standing between the living room and kitchen, standing in a position I did not know was possible. Legs crossed over one another, arms frozen mid-gesticulation of some unthinkable pattern, fingers crooked each completely unlike the next, face plain and blank, staring straight forward, eyes open. Her eyes are open. I bury my face in my hands, pace wildly around the room, run my fingers through my hair as if to wring out some answer to this, some solution to this insane, recurring phenomenon, but it's no use. There's no fixing this. There's no fixing any of this. There's no fixing her, no fixing us, no fixing the damage this has wreaked in my brain and my heart. And even though there's no chance in hell of her hearing me, no chance of forcing reason from the statue that my wife has become, I turned back around to tell her anyway. And as I predicted, not a single part of her has moved except... Her eyes. Her eyes have moved on to me. Her eyes are watching me. I blink. She is inches from my face and I fall backwards, arms scrambling wildly, thrashing myself away from her but she doesn't move. Just remain statue still with a rictus of malice aimed at her head. Just been, and am now fleeing desperately, desperately, but her eyes are still following me. I look away, and she's there again, instantly right there in the place I turned toward, teleported from a single glance to the next. I back away, back away, but I keep my eyes on her, keep her fixed in that position by continuing to look at her, and she is smiling as her eyes meet mine, follow mine, track and remain steadily locked on mine without having to wait, already knowing where to look before I even move there like they know me well. Know me so well. Know me with all the intimacy of a loving wife, but those eyes are not hers. Those eyes are not the eyes of a human. Those eyes are so maddening to look at that I can't help turning away from them. My wrist is in her hand. My wrist is in her hand. Before I am even aware that I have looked away, she is there, just where I turned, clutching my wrist in her stone, immovable grip. I 
thrashing it madly. Pull and thrash it in a frenzy to get it away from her, but it's no use. There is no freeing it from those poised fingers shaped just like they were on that first night. The first night I lost my wife. The first night to begin the long death of our short life together. And I have to keep looking at her. Have to keep looking into the eyes of the death of my marriage, because if I don't, if I don't, then it will surely be the death of me. Uh, but then I see the thing behind her, emerging from the shadows of the kitchen, and I can't help but look. And now I can't move. I can't escape her grip. And from her grip, the rigor spreads within me until I can't move my hands, my arms, my body, my eyes. My eyes are forever locked onto hers. Her eyes are forever locked onto mine. We can't look away. Not even once. Not even for an instant. Not until the end of time. And not even when the thing emerging from the shadows, the hideous officiant who has posed us in this immovable stance, comes closer. Closer. To claim us both. Incarnation Red is created, written, narrated, and edited by CSW. The opening theme was written and performed by Annika Hansen. All music and sound effects used in this podcast are created in-house from scratch. Special thanks to Annika Hansen for contributing voice acting work to this particular episode. For more information and regular updates, follow me on Twitter at CSW underscore horror, or visit my website CSWHorror.com, or like the show's Facebook page, Incarnation Red, as always, spelled R-E-A-D. For behind-the-scenes looks and other scary content, you can follow me on TikTok, or you can follow me on Instagram at IncarnationRed. Thank you for listening.